Hey, this is Dan here from Rune Silk, and I'm joined by one other, and that's none other than Damo for show. And this is the Beard Mouth Podcast. So sit back, listen, and enjoy. Yeah, <laughs> boy, what's this got the Smurf going down? What's this? What's happening, beautiful people of the Beard Mail podcast? If you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see that I've just slung on, you know, a bit of a hat because, you know, we're talking about Raven and stuff. And we're actually talking today on the Beard Mail podcast to me and Daniel Jones. We're talking about festivals. Fiesta, fiesta. No, that's fi- fiestivals, festivals. Festivals, Dan. Fiestivals. Do you know what? I haven't got a beard mouth cap to chuck on today because it got sweaty at a festival. It got so sweaty, I can't wear it anymore because it's full of white, chalky, salty stains. I wear mine all the time and it's pretty filthy, to be honest with you. I didn't know. What Are you supposed to wash them? What do you do with these things? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, the, the thing was, is I, I, I literally, I, I did cream fields and I was walking some, nice look, some 15, 16 miles a day and it was hot as hell. Um and it just got really sweaty and messy. So, um, so you have actually been to a festival already this season because it is festival season is upon us. The COVID is finished. The weather is banging. Uh, we're British. Yeah. We're large. We're having it large. And we're talking about festivals. Are you a regular festival goer, Dan? Tell me everything you know about festivals. So I'm not a re- not so regular anymore. I used to do a lot of festivals. Uh, but yes, yes, I have done one festival this season. I did cream for the, the first ever inaugural Creamfields Festival in Chelmsford. Um, and it was interesting. Uh, I, so I will usually work festivals. I don't attend so many festivals as a punter. Uh, I usually work them. I always have done because that's my background is festivals and events. And um, so I did a week doing the staff site and transport hub manager. Um, that sounds yeah. boring as fuck, Dan. I was hoping you were going to tell me some banging festival stories about drugs and booze and birds and tents and portaloos. And, and the best you've got for me is that you were the site manager for transportation at the festival. And staff campsite manager. And and may I add, we uh, we were on the front major blue gate where all the drug dealers were trying to come in on the Friday and Saturday night. We had to, like, get down. I was hiding. It was a security that was doing that. I was behind the fence going, get them, boys. Get them. Did you see me? Did you see me hit the little one? Did you see me? Did you see me? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, so there is there is a lot of that. There is there is an element of the excitement. Um, you know, my team on that gate are the guys that will have the dogs. So they're doing the bomb dogs, the bomb squad dog, bomb squad dog, bomb dog squad. Three of those words that work out in, a, in, in whatever way they go. So yeah. basically squad smelling all dogs. the vehicles that come in. Bomb squad dogs, right? Is the word bum in any of that? Bomb. Oh, bomb. Bomb squad. The bum in the dog squad. Bum. What was? Where was it actually? I, I used to live in a Chelmsford Massive. Where was it being held? It, Highland Park. Yeah, I've actually been there. I've been to a, a, a smaller little festival there once. Um, it's where V Festival used to take bomb. place as well. Yeah, Highland Park. I used to go there for a little jog sporadically. Big old gaff, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. It's nice. Yeah. So Obviously I, I we want... get there before everyone arrives. I want to talk about like so actually no hang on like, a little bit what was it like music port loose tents was everyone getting mashed what was it about what was it like so it's predominantly house music because it's cream so it's yeah. all that sort of Ibiza vibe and it was the, it, the theme was Ibiza theme party yeah. so um 
I mean, the theme tune for when I was walking around was Oh, I'm the king of jaw swingers, whoa, junglist VIP. Ah. And there's a lot of a lot of sort of people that were, um, let's say they were borrowing chemical happiness, I like to call it. So they'll be paying that back on Sunday. Their serotonin overdraft will be depleted and they'll be paying that happiness back with sad smiles downers um, was it was it a camping yeah. one were people camping there all weekend again mega or do you know what was it so it's friday saturday night uh yeah. kick out sunday because obviously the jubilee took place uh, um yeah. so sunday vibes i think they couldn't get the license to have it open on the sunday this year so campus kicked out on the sunday so it was only a two-nighter people arriving on the wednesday oh, wednesday thursday arriving on the thursday and then leaving on the sunday uh, it was great. But to be honest, because I was working, I had one of those laminate things. I can like sort of get in all the cool places. I just spend most of my time in hospitality because, A, there's nothing quite wor- nothing worse than waiting for a beer at a festival in a queue that's 25 minutes long. So you're like, I'll have 16 cans, please. Yeah. Um, whereas the hospitality, you literally just walk straight to the bar and it's like, oh, I have my drink within 30 seconds. I'll stay here, I think. Um, Sweet deal. But- yeah, so I usually try, I usually work in production and I get the whole laminates with the backstage passes and that because that's how I roll, you see. Yeah. Was anybody famous there? Apart from you, obviously. Uh, yeah. Well, there, had, there was... Um, so, yeah, loads. Like famous in the, in the music scene that you don't know about? Or, like, was there any, like... Any no, like so it's David Guetta. There? Was there, it, was like, it was, like, David Guetta and... Any of the Towie Marius. Uh, probably. They were all Essex folk. Yeah. Good. There definitely some... There probably was some uh, famous people there, probably from Tally. Uh, but it was mainly a lot of this, the famous house scene stuff. So, um, yeah, I don't really remember many of the lineup, to be honest. Sweet. How many festivals have you been to in your lifetime? I don't know the answer to that question. Tell us about your festival taxi thing, because that's a pretty banging story. Yeah. So, in 2010, when I was studying my postgraduate, my master's, and a long time ago, right? Uh, I came up with a concept. I had to do some volunteering at a festival as part of my course. And I went and did litter picking for what felt like an age. And it was on a Saturday night and I was lying on the floor with my mate Tom who was working with me. And I was like, man, I can't do this anymore. He's like, what? I was like, walk around this site. And thus an idea was born. I said, I could, I said, I said, just just, can't you just like phone a taxi or something? He went, what? And I just sat upright and I was like, oh, my God, taxis at a festival would be such an amazing idea. Um, so there was a there was this thing called Campus Enterprise Opportunities, CEO. And I entered a competition with my business idea, uh, pitched a panel of judges. I came first. I got some money and some mentorship and and all that sort of stuff. And, I, and then, I see, then I got some investment and uh, I set the company up. And it was one of those things. It was like, cool, got this idea. Um and then phoning around at the festival saying, hey, I've got this idea. And the first festival came back and they were like, yeah, it sounds great. And I was like, oh, shit, I've actually got to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we did it. So we did our first festival, which was Latitude, Festival Republic gig in, in Southwold. It was muddy as hell, raining like horribly. We're trying to drive golf buggies around a festival site in the mud, uh, which what sounds fun, but it's not when they've got a massive trailer full of people's stuff in the back and you're sliding around potentially being a massive health and safety risk. This is a good um, opportunity, Dan. What does a, a a festival golf buggy sound like when it's stuck in the mud and you're driving it? 
well well no so this so, so so basically we have the training it's like your golf buggy if you're driving at the right speed should go but 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 does it if your golf buggy is going you are going far too fast um i always thought they were like electric company golf buggy from golf was that actually part of the training that's part of my training yeah i used to have the most stupidest training um manual that i bit that i built it was even had the sun in it yeah, that doesn't sound like a golf buggy, does it? But I'm going to do it slopping no. in with as well. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> getting in a rotten head, Eddie. No, That's so this, this, is, so this is this is what this is what a golf buggy sounds like in the mud. <laughs> Fuck's sake! <laughs> Not again. I have got a really funny story though. Where Tell it. We, we, were, we, were, we were at Latitude, and we we were having to we had to pick up a couple of artists' friends. I don't think they were like on any main stage or something. They were probably playing like, I don't know, a tambourine somewhere in like the the weird field. And um, <laughs> I was just thinking about it. Anyway, right, They I picked them up and, and they swore more than I did, you know, and, I, and, and they were kind of effing this and effing that. And, oh, yeah. and I just said to myself, guys, we're, we're, we're about to drive through the family campsite. So if we wouldn't mind just keeping the F-bombs to a slight minimum, that would be really appreciated. It's only about 15 minutes of our journey, but wouldn't mind just... A little bit of less on the old f bombs. Did you do it in that posh tone? I always did. Yeah, uh, every I time someone, I got someone in my bike, I'd be like, "Welcome aboard Fest Taxi. Your driver today is Daniel. Please keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times, and do not exit the vehicle until it come to a full stop. Your exits are well, whichever way you fall out of the vehicle." Um, I used to have quite good fun. I used to love it. But so we drove through family camping. They're going, "Oh my fucking god, this campsite sticks are shit." Fuck it. I'm like, "Guys, guys, guys, family camping, family camping." Wow, oh, fuck. Anyway, we got down to the arena, and we got stuck in the mud because it was really muddy. And um, <laughs> the guys were like, "Oh, girls, get outside and give the guy a push." <laughs> Obviously, ask the girls to get a, give him a push. They got like the like the leather jacket. Hey, it's so woke. Well, it's twenty ten or whenever it was done their makeup anyway so they're pushing the back of the buggy and i've just slipped literally just just gone just showered them in loads of mud. got got the 1.7 out no literally so they were pushing and i put the foot down and obviously the back wheels just spun like that and it just caked oh, them all shit. in mud i see and i'm sitting i had my i had one of those straw caps straw hats on i took it off and i had to put it over my face i couldn't i couldn't i'm <laughs> crying i absolutely cried i thought instant karma right i've told you to be quiet yeah. Don't you know, drop the f bombs. We're going through family camping. It was the girls that were making all the swearing. I'm there going. Did they tip, Dan? I'm so sorry. Say again. Did they tip for your services? And did they have a pleasant journey? I mean, I, I was the nicest guy on the buggies. I always used to get tips. People would never understand it. They're like, "How do you get such good tips?" I'm like, "Because I talk to my customers." <laughs> like, mm. you know. Um, so yeah. So so essentially, the job was transport transporting people around festivals in a golf buggy. Um, and we also used to do the arrival and departures. So when you arrived, we'd pick you up at the car, um, load the trailer with your tent and your bags and that sort yeah. of stuff, take you up past, you know, through security into the festival to where you want to pitch at the festival site. And it was great. We did it for about seven years. I think the, and, and it was one of those ones that every year I'd always say to Megan, this year will be better. This year will be better. And it was, but it just was never enough to really sustain a lifestyle of living. Mm. Um, and the first few, the first few couple of seasons, like my wife would come. She she was doing it. She did it when she was pregnant. Our kids were like crawling around festivals when they, you know, I was out driving, and um, 
and then we just nailed it. Like we did V Festival Chelmsford and we just nailed the price point. We got it to a point where, yet we know exactly how much we can be charging to make a good money on this. We put in by putting a, a ridiculous proposal to V Fest. We were going to do VIP transport, mm. champagne on arrival. You know, we we did a complete awesome proposal. The director of Festival Republic, lovely, lovely gentleman called Melvin Ben. Uh, I got this information on my birthday. It seems to be my birthday. I always get delivered bad news. You know, um, I got an email saying, "Oh, thanks for your proposal. Um, just to let you know, we won't be going with you anymore." Uh, we've decided to run this as a charity in-house. I was like, oh, oh, thanks. My world imploded. Like, it, it was one of those ones where um, worst thing ever was that Pinch your idea. I've been, yeah, basically just gave my idea to a charity, which made people go, oh, yeah, but it's for charity. I was like, no, that's my livelihood. I've literally spent seven years building that up, yeah. training people, learning everything. Develop, developing a plan for it to them to just go, well, thanks for that document. <laughs> we'll just change the name of the provider on that one. Mm. Um, apparently, Festival Republic do that quite a bit. Turns out I then go and work for them anyway, so it's quite quite ironic. Um, but that was actually horrible. That was my birthday. And my daughter had surprised me that she was doing poi at a school um, talent show thing. And for my birthday, she, I, just, I didn't know we were going to go uh, I sat down in the school hall, phones just vibrated. I better check that really quickly. And I got that email and I was just like, Wounder. right before my daughter was going to do a performance. So I couldn't eat, I just couldn't, my world just literally just tumbled in. I, that was actually probably one of the one times where I've actually broken down and just cried so hard because I put everything into that. Like, like years, effort, literally blood sweat and tears there was a point where one of one time i got my buggy stuck in the mud that my mate matt who was my assistant when he found me he was like yeah i've just found dj fest taxi i think he's lost the plot <laughs> i'm there trying to dig with my hands underneath the buggy trying to clear mud away from the chassis so i can drive it off fingertips mm. are bleeding i've literally lost my shit at this point marbles there used, there used to be a saying that day three dj fest taxi has pretty much lost his plot um because i'd be so tired because I'd be working sort of 15-hour days. Um, for The learning for curve, though, Dan, the learning curve. Surely you should have been getting quad bikes with little trailers and pulling them through. That would, That's a better idea. Let's do it all again. So we did. We did. We got We got oh. the big ATVs. We actually, not the quad bikes, we actually went to six-seat uh, full 4 by 4 gators almost. So we actually yeah. had Kawasaki mules, which had four-wheel drive. So we did progress from the six-seat golf buggy, which had rear-wheel drive slippy tyres to knobbly-bobblies, have the nice knobbly tyres on the back, which worked. Mm. But they'd soon get full and you were just driving grass turf tyres. They literally just a yeah. big turf around the wheel, so they didn't do anything. You love a bit of turf, um, yeah. <laughs> I love a bit of turf. To the, to the, to the mules. And, once, and that was the thing. We cracked it with the mules, you know, and then all of a sudden, uh, to be honest, we had a couple of bad years anyway where the weather screwed us. We lost about 24 grand one year. Uh, and that was kind of like, well, I can't afford to keep propping this business up. I'm going to fold it. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was so a good like it, it folded, and now we can talk about festivals. <laughs> so you've obviously been to a lot of festivals, though. I feel I feel like I feel like we just went over a bit there, just talking about your business. Uh, let's talk Sorry. about festivals. Yeah, I used to do I used to do eight to ten festivals every year. Yeah, I want to hear about Portaloo stories. I want to hear about tents. Mm. I want to hear about mm. funny funny things that have happened. I want to hear about your best festival, your worst festival, because I I'm actually interested. I've never actually probably been to a festival. You're going to a festival next year. You are going to a festival next year. I, I would only be, I, I, I hate the Portaloo situation um, and, the, and the camping thing. I think I'm too old for it now. I think if I didn't nah, back then, 
But I also think it would just be too, too messy. I've seen, there's a lad I follow, a uh, local lad, he goes to festivals all the time, and it just looks like absolute carnage, like the booze and the dancing and the mess and the portaloos, and it doesn't really appeal to me. Um, but I have seen there's different sorts of festivals. So, for example, the one that I did go to, it's not really a festival, it was when I did that 20-mile obstacle race, but it was over a weekend, so you camped. Um, and they had a bit of a DJ. I didn't see or hear any of the music. They had Chris Moyles on the, on the Saturday night, but I was knackered from the run, and I just fell asleep. But the night before, they had um, no, they had the darkness in that plan. They had some tribute bands and stuff. So it was different. It wasn't a festival like a, mm. a Glastonbury. Um, but I have seen they also now do like health and wellness festivals and other festivals where there's like even no drink. There's festivals where there's um, just different things. There's a lot of different things, but I've never really got into it. I did see couple of years ago i wanted to go and didn't go there's a very british one um which i think would be good for us beardy folk and it's a family thing as well but you go and it's everything's quintessentially british so they have different theme nights and i think it's mm. called the um ex exotica or something but you do a cycle you do some cycling and you have to cycle on a on a bike that is made before 1980 and you can either cool. do 10 miles, 50 miles, or 100 miles, and everybody dresses up in real old-fashioned like cycling stuff. But then when you finish, they have like English cheeses, English beers, English ciders, and I think they have themed nights. So like it's 1920s uh, one night, I think, and then I think there's like a war theme for another night or that era, you know, that, that sort of dress code. Um, and I think I don't know if they have a bit of a ball or something on the night, but it, but it's like that's a whole different take. Because for me, when someone says festival, I think Glastonbury, I think mud, I think wellies, I think rain, I think messiness, and I think portaloos, and that doesn't appeal to me. But I know there are different types. What what would be your so, idea of festival? So a lot. Well, before I answer that, I think a lot of festivals now have acknowledged the fact that people don't just want. So, so before I go, so I've got two different types of festivals. We've got ABC, which is arts, bands, and culture. Then you've got mm -hmm. BBB, which is beer, bands, and burgers. So basically, like nothing, just literally steel shield, load of expensive catering, shit toilets, some good bands. Um, but I like the events that have got something a bit different to offer. And quite a lot of festivals yeah. now as well, you can get like upgraded wristbands where you can use nicer toilets, so proper flushing yeah. toilets. And quite a lot of festivals now have moved away from portaloos and gone more down the route of like compost toilets, which yeah. are a lot nicer. You don't get a lot of that chemical smell as long as people use them. You know, take a scoop with every poop, it says on the sign usually. You just yeah. literally, you get sawdust, you have a poo, you shake the sawdust over your poo and it stops it, from it. smelling too horrible. So they're, so they're, they're actually quite nice. So. Uh, and then obviously you've got ones that where you, you get like there's, there's few companies and one of the ones I remember is Zulu's you pay 35 quid extra for the weekend and you can have a shower in a proper nice shower and a toilet yeah. that has a sink that you can wash your hands afterwards. Yeah. Um, so there are a lot of um, extras like that. Um, the festival that I think you should definitely go to and I'm going to do it every year. I've always said we need to try and do this and it's bearded theory. It's yes, just we happened before, haven't we? Yeah, it was in it's, it's usually the bank holiday in May, and just I think it would be wicked if we can get 100 people to go to Bearded Theory with beards. I think it'd be fun. I'm thinking actually, I've just seen a load of really bad reviews, and I don't know whether it was Bearded Theory or another festival, but someone was moaning so much they was queuing for everything, there wasn't enough portaloos, there was like people had missed the bands and that that they'd gone to see because they had to queue. Was that Bearded Theory? Did they get it a bit wrong? Might year? well have been actually. I think, no, no, I think what it was is that so the difficult thing is, is that a lot of festivals still have quite a strict 
COVID socially distancing policy around capacity. So with bearded theory, what it was, I think it was there in the woods area. Yeah, that, it was them they, that I'd seen, yeah. Yeah, so there's an area where they can only have so many people. Ah, so they're doing one-in-one one out thing. Pretty much, because when you're at capacity, it's the same at any other festival. If you go to a festival and all of the entertainment's finished and all you've got left is a silent disco and the capacity yeah. of that big top is 2,500 people hmm. and you've got a 50,000 capacity festival, well, that just yeah. goes to show that quite a lot of people are probably going to be like, oh, didn't even get to get to the silent disco. What a yeah. shit festival. Bearing yeah. in mind, they've just had the most ridiculously awesome day. Yeah. But the fact they didn't get into the end of night entertainment, their day was ruined. It's a bit like that yeah. New Year's thing I was we were talking about before, you know. We only focus on the negative. But um, it's a it's a lovely little festival. I love doing it. I mean, I, that said, I've not been for a few years. We used to do Fest Taxi there, and it was one of my favourites. I remember getting to see UB40 and being able to swing my arms around and move and mm-hmm. have all the freedom to be able to listen to the music quite front, quite close to the front of the stage without having that sort of, oh, this is really enjoyable way of you know, yeah. experience. Um, but my favourite festival, um, without a shadow of a doubt and hands down, is Boomtown. Boomtown. Um, Boomtown. Um, it's it's run by an independent company. Uh, it's in Matterley Bowl in Winchester. Um, takes place in August. And the effort that they put into the creative build of that festival is absolutely phenomenal. Like, they they build a town. So it's not just big tops and the, this, the average stage with the grey sides that you see so often everywhere. You know, they actually build a proper venue and they have loads of micro venues as well so there's actually a venue called grandma's lounge and you walk in and there's a couch and bookshelves with books in and there's a guy djing on the dining room table Mm. like and it's a capacity of about 50 to 60 people it's absolutely insane you've got areas like chinatown and everything is like you're in chinatown and they've got all like the little shops and stuff but they're all venues so rather than being a shop you know they're all venues and I remember one year they had like a you could you could go to the job center and get a job and you can go and speak to prisoners inside a jail you know you pick up the telephone and it's like yeah what can I get you and the person inside's like well actually if you could sort of slide me up some Rizzlers hmm. you're peeling Rizzlers off and then sending them under the little flat bit for them so they you know and and it's just it's just an immersive experience and I think that I think this is one of the issues that a lot of festivals are getting wrong at the moment is that. You know, I get it, right? You know, they've got a lot of the big festival companies, like Festival Republic, for example. It is an event organization that needs to make absolutely multi-millions of pounds to sustain all the salaries and all the stuff that they do. So therefore, they don't have the budget necessarily for the creative input because they're paying mm. for the big names, right? They're bringing yeah. all the big artists in, uh, which I thought I find quite sad. I mean, don't get me wrong, Festival Republic can put on a really good show. They're good at putting on gigs, but I co- I refer to a lot of Festival Republic events as gigs, gigs in the yeah. field. Yeah, you know, it's a series of concerts in a field. It's not a festival. It's just mm. a series of concerts in a field, um, and that's the difference between a festival, I guess, and what I would say is like a like a download, for example, or a Reading and Leeds. You know, if it's not. If it's not offering someone escapism, it's not a festival in my eyes. It's like, you know, you need to be able to go somewhere where it's kind of a little bit hedonistic, a little bit euphoric, a little bit amazement, a little bit wonderland, a little bit, you know, I work hard for my money. I'm going to go and pay for this ticket to go and escape. That's why Secret mm. Garden Party was so good as well and why it's, I think why, it's, why it's coming back because it was just something a bit different that you could go away for a weekend, be who the hell you wanted, 
then come Monday, you can return to who you are. Go back to reality. What's the Secret Garden um, Weekend? Secret Garden Party. It's um, it's uh, it's an event that takes place, used to take place just down the road from me, actually, in Abbott's Ripton. Well, it's not um, much of a secret if you know where it is. Well, it started off. It started off where, when it was a lot smaller, when it started off about five hundred capacity, you didn't know it was a secret. You didn't know the venue until like a couple of days before it took place, and then they were like, you got like a an email or a text message. And yeah, it was like, yeah. here's the address. Don't tell anyone. Yeah. Um, and then you obviously you told everyone. Um, I've never been to Secret Garden Party. I'd it's always one of those ones I always really wanted to go to, but apparently it's a little bit Alice in Wonderland. Um, Mad hat, like, isn't that? Well, there's naked trampolining, apparently. Mate, we need to sign up for this immediately. Lots <laughs> of stuff take, like that. It's Connelly. sold out. So, so the, the issue that Secret Garden Party had um, is that when their tickets went on sale, they were gone. Like, mm. literally, their tickets sold out. The issue being is that when they sold their tickets, it was pre-price rise of all the fuel, all the resources, oh. all the infrastructure. So they shot themselves in the foot a little bit because they've charged prices where... We can put on this festival for X amount. Yeah. Then they've gone to their suppliers for infrastructure, and they've gone, how much? Yeah. Oh. Um, so I think from what I understand is they're having to release um, another series of tickets because otherwise the festival, the show can't go on because they yeah. literally will just lose like hundreds of thousands of pounds just putting it on. Um, so it is a tough industry. It's a very tough industry. It's a very interesting industry. It's very... When you work in festivals, it's very familiar. Like, you know people um, very quickly from all the traders to mm. site crew to security staff to, to production staff. So, you know, quite a lot of the time now, maybe not so much now because I've been out of the game for a while, but I can walk around a festival and probably not have to pay to eat the whole week mm. because there would probably be each and every one of those traders I've probably helped out in the past when I had my Yeah, well, there's Dan, the guy that likes food. Let's give him some food because he hasn't talked about food for five minutes. So, food! <laughs> yeah, you can always guarantee we took up food. Hey, what's the, the food, best festival podcast? food you've ever had, Dan? What's the best festival food you've ever had? The best festival food. Um, okay. I, I've seen ridiculous things like cheese on toast for like, I, I don't want to say 10 pounds. quid, but I don't want to say 10 it probably quid. Probably is. It might, it might have been that, yeah. I did a hot wing challenge once at one. That was in Chelmsford as well, actually. Um, and I absolutely smashed it, and I thought I was the Don. And then later on that night, I realised that I'd got it all on my hands and that, and it was actually burning me really bad, and I thought I'd actually burnt myself. It was some serious chilly stuff. Uh, I won't tell you what happened when I went to the lavatory, but luckily I stayed at home for that one. <laughs> so I think the best food I've had is a tough one because it's the, the, you do find some real gems, but I have to do a big shout-out to my guys at Paelleria. Like, there's... They they have looked after me at so many festivals um, and, and in my times of need when I've needed food. But on a genuine tip, their paella is banging, but their morning bocadilla there is literally the most incredible thing ever on a Sunday or Monday when you're hanging. Um, and it's just it's a, a ciabatta with chorizo sausage manchego cheese rocket like just all the nice stuff bit of mayonnaise on it and it was just the most wholesome thing in the world but they used to look after me and my staff all the time in, in, in which point i would try and pay and they'd be like your money's no good here man 
And I'm like, well, I have to give your staff a tip then. You never let me pay for every, and you never let me pay for food. And I always feel bad. I don't want to come over and say hello now because you might feed mm. me and then not charge me for it. But no, no, I love it. Uh, Mike from Pileria, one of the nicest guys in the world as well. So um, yeah, it was, yeah, big shout to them. Worst food. I've had a lot of really worst foods, um, like burgers and stuff like that, where you're just like, you stop, stop making food. You, you've got no love for it. Stop it. Look at this pizza. Look at it. Flaccid. Look at that. <laughs> this burger. What is that? I could roll a cigarette with that. God's sake, man. Um, so food can be a hit and miss. Some, some food's really good. Some food you can find some really nice food places. But um, I think it's, yeah, it's an odd one. I always find, though, even what it doesn't matter what I eat, Recovery after a festival is the hardest work because your guts are just like, what is this real food? It's cooked in a real kitchen. Like, oh, I better get rid of this last week's food. <laughs> um, That's all right. No, I love festivals. Do, do, it, do it again, Dan, near the mic. How, how... <laughs> and that's why the Port of Lewis are ruined. Yeah. Um, do you know what festival we haven't talked about? Because it's not really a festival, but it is called a festival, but it's interesting nonetheless. Um, yeah. And I was expecting a festival, but it's not a festival. And that's the Oxford Beard Festival. Because it's not a festival. It's a beard competition. But it's called the Oxford Beard Festival. Um, so, before you carry on. Yeah. The word festival is is, is, a, is a celebration. Is it? It pretty much translates as a gathering to celebrate. So, if you're celebrating well, beards. Correct, then. So, then it, it is a festival. Yeah. Hey, I tell you, see, this is what I love about the Beard Now podcast. We're always learning, Dan. I did not know that. In my mind, festival meant massive venue, port bands, tents. That's what a festival was. But you're right when you think about it. So well done, the Oxford Beard Fiesta, Festival. Right, which is party. Celebration. Sorry, I keep talking over you, dude. I was saying it comes from the word fiesta, Spanish word for fiesta, which is obviously to party and to celebrate, and then the festival comes in, which is a... Celebrate. See, I used to have a Ford Fiesta. That was my first ever car, and that was not a party vehicle <laughs> in the slightest. I drove that. I drove that around for for about six months before I realised what an MOT was, and I didn't have one. <laughs> What's this mot everyone keeps talking about? Well, honestly, I had no idea what what, what an MOT was. Um, and uh, yeah, there you go, breaking the law. You heard it here first on Beard Mail Podcast. Fiesta Festival, Oxfordshire Beard Festival is September the 10th uh, in Oxford. It's going to be a banger. Do come along. It's themed. Uh, it's the world's strongest beard. So if you've got a strong beard, you're going to be able to pull stuff for a trophy. Um, I reckon I could probably lift lift a small child. Yeah, that might be one of the that might be one of the. The, uh, the tasks to get yourself a trophy so there we go dan it's been lovely hearing your experiences of festivals uh, in a professional capacity uh, as much as uh, as yourself i think we should try and find out about a secret garden one i think we should go to the bearded theory one because you were about to say before i rudely cut you off that we should go and get a load of beard male shirts a hundred of us with beard male t-shirts and go to the bearded theory podcast podcast uh, festival and show them off we should do that we should do that yeah man I, I, and I think I think it's, it's a nice festival for you to go to. It's not too far for you from you either. I don't think. Where is it? Um, it's in Catton Hall, Derby. Mm, yeah, Derby. It's not miles away, but it's not near. Hour and a half. Probably, it's probably hour. it's probably in the middle of me and you though. How long did it take you to get there? Probably about an hour and a half. Yeah, there you go. Halfway. Let's um, do it. 
but it's it's just another it's a, it's a nice festival but I, th- I think you'd enjoy it like i didn't go to my first festival like when i went to my first festival i was like why the hell was i not going to these when i was 18 mm-hmm. like you know like like kind of vibes you know um yeah i think they're great i mean i am old now though my problem is i do want those little luxuries I probably couldn't do a festival as a punter where I've got to walk miles from arena to arena to arena to arena. Mm. Um, my stamina is quite low, but Get a fast they time. are fun. Get, well, that was the whole point, right? What well, I was the re- one of the reasons why, you know, people. In, in fact, people always used to say to me if I didn't have a buggy, they'd be like, well, "What's wrong?" But like, I don't know, right? <laughs> what if I'm walking somewhere? What the fuck is this? I didn't set up a transport company for festivals to walk. <laughs> so so if anyone's never ever been to a festival uh dan would recommend going try it out i wish that i'd gone to a few more when i was was younger um but i think you know it's, uh, it, can you be too old for a festival do they, they have festivals no. for older people don't they well you go can you get the camper vans right that's when you get a bit older you yeah. go down the camper van route or you go for the boutique camping where you pay to have a tent that's already yeah pitched, a bit of glamping so but i think so and i think for this for this week's bit of engagement you know, would you? And I'll put this in the post when the when the podcast goes live. Would you come to a beard male hosted festival? Bearing in mind, everyone at the moment is screaming out for more beard gigs and beard events and meetups and this sort of thing. Would you commit to five days of absolute Viking revelry with Damo for show and Dan Jones? Do you know what we just haven't even bloody mentioned then? We haven't even talked about like Valhalla Festival and that. So they already do that sort of stuff, don't they? So there's a number of Viking themed festivals where they they mm-hmm. look, it's not about the music as such, but they have a big feast and you get dressed up as a Viking and they have um, you know, trade stands and that where they're teaching people how they made stuff in the Viking days. We forgot all about that, Dan, which is terrible, really. And again, I'm sure the word festival has some links to feast as well. So festival, yeah, makes sense. Festival, I think it has, it has that. There's a lot of that link to it. It's a celebration. What, why did Vikings have a feast? They didn't have a feast on a regular occasion. They feasted to celebrate. A feast was to to yeah. celebrate something. So it, there you go. You're learning. You're learning. I've got something really cool, but uh, just to, to share that I, I came across today. But I don't know if to save it for the next podcast. It's about Gary. About Gary. About Gary. Who's Gary? If you want to know about Gary, guys, tune into the next podcast. The next podcast. Well, that's beautiful. We'll we'll wrap this one up then, Dan. Uh, thanks very much for listening, everybody. That was uh, me and Dan talking about festivals. We'll see you all um, to find out about Gary on the next one. Uh, let us know in the comments if you would like to come to a festival with me and Dan sometime. Uh, like, subscribe, share, and all that jazz. Thanks very much. Bye for now. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. I'll see you in a bit. Dan. See you in a bit. Bye for now.